Welcome to the Texas Values Report. This is Jonathan Sines, president of Texas Values. Great to be with you on another week in the great state of Texas. You know, it is Holy Week. You know, we're um, celebrating Easter this week. And you you think about celebrating, you know, if you're familiar with the show, we talk about the issues of faith, family, and freedom. And we typically talk about them in the arenas of the courts, the legislature, and the media. But there's no question that not only do we stand up for religious freedom, but we also practice it as well in our own personal lives, our staff, our board, our supporters. You know, we're personally, we're Christians, and so this is a very important week. Something to be aware of, too, and there hasn't been a lot of concern about this, but sometimes there is. You know, in the state of Texas, if you're a public school student and for some reason you end up having to go to school on Good Friday, um, that is an excused absence. There's been it, it's not very often, but every now and then when there's a lot of rain days or perhaps a very strange year where we have a couple of snow days, things of that nature. Sometimes we've seen situations a couple of years back where public schools will use Good Friday as a makeup day, and so kids will be caught off a, l- a little off guard because they're used to at least having Good Friday off as part of the Easter break. And, um, and so anyway, just know that there is a state law that says if your child does not want to attend on Friday, and you don't have to get into a bunch of detail with the school district either. You just let them know that for conscience reasons, you're not going to be attending Friday, or for some reason you didn't attend school, you're hearing this after the fact. We've got a great resource on our website. This is an issue we've dealt with before, so just keep that in mind. You know, and so, and I mean, it is a very important week for us uh, as fellow Christians and for, you know, really for America, too. I mean, this is a cultural issue, too. You know, while there are people of other faiths in our country, there's no doubt. But, I mean, there is something about the Easter week, about um, America. You see this during Christmas season a little bit more, maybe. There's a big commercial side, as we know, to, to Easter as well. But so much of that does point back to our faith in Christ and hopefully an opportunity for all of us, right, to reflect on our own lives, to reflect on our shortcomings, to know that our sins can be forgiven. And that's such a big reason why we do the work we do at Texas Values, because we know how important it is for people to feel like they have the freedom to worship to, to participate, to express themselves out in public, not in just the four walls of the church, but for wherever it is that they need to connect with our Lord and Savior and to recognize that, you know, we are going to have challenges sometimes in our lives, and the more freedom we have to address those issues through our religious beliefs, I think that's an improvement in, as far as an opportunity of our own personal faith and just individually, and I think that makes a better Texas in a better America. And so look, I'm going to jump right into our guest. I'm talking too much already. I need to get this gentleman introduced, okay? I am could not be more excited to have our guest today, and, and I'm going to lay out a little bit of his bio, bio here, but let me first say welcome to the Texas Values Report. Our guest today is going to be Lieutenant Colonel Alan West, who is a former congressman for the state of Florida, but now makes his home here in Texas. Colonel West, welcome to the Texas Values Report. Well, it's good to be with you, Jonathan, and happy Easter. And uh, I'm on the road traveling up to Toronto, Ontario, 
uh, with the family, go uh, you know visit some some relatives up there. But I'm glad we get the opportunity to chat. Well, good for you, and thank you for making time. Let me tell our listeners a little bit about Lieutenant Colonel Allen West. If you're not familiar with him. He believes in principled, conservative, constitutional policies, not politics. Um, He's interested in a sound economic future for America. He's currently now in a very important position with Texas Public Policy Foundation, which is a nonprofit organization that actually is across the street from our office on Congress, just two blocks from the state capitol. But let me tell you a little bit more about his background. He is the third of four generations of military servicemen in his family. He had a 22-year career in the United States Army. As a, as a lieutenant colonel, he served in combat zones, received many honors, including the Bronze Star, three Meritorious Service Medals, three Army Commendation Medals, one with Valor uh, Device, and a Valoris Unit Award. I hope I said that the correct way. And in 1993, he was named the United States Army ROT Instructor of the Year. He served in Congress, represented Florida's 22nd District. He's a Fox News contributor. He is a husband and he's a father of two daughters. And one of the most recent things we're excited about, you know, obviously, thank you for your service to your country in the military and then in elective office. I'm glad that we share uh, a mutual friend, John Stemberger in Florida. Mm -hmm. But now, as I understand it, you make Texas your home. You know, I'm glad to be back in Texas. My final duty assignment in the Army was Fort Hood from 2002 to 2004. But when I got a call to come back to Texas uh, in January 2015, I I took that opportunity. Uh, My wife's family, she has her uh, parents there and three of her five brothers. So Texas is a a good home. And and my being a graduate from the University of Tennessee, you know, all Tennessee volunteers somehow end up in Texas. (laughs) Hey, you're exactly right. I mean, Stephen F. Austin, I mean, the legacy. And look, you may be familiar with a good friend of mine, Kelly Shackelford, who's one of the finest First Amendment lawyers. He's from Tennessee, okay? And now he, he's made Texas his home for quite a long time. He serves on our Texas Values Board. But, you know, uh, you know your Texas history. That's exceptional. Uh, and I think you're going you're gonna to continue to find a great home in Texas. Thank you for mentioning, too, your connection with Fort Hood. And so um, I did make a mistake there. You have your bachelor's degree from University of Tennessee. Your master's is uh, from Kansas State University, two master's degrees from K- Kansas State University, and another from the U.S. Army Command and General Staff Officers College. We could fill up this whole you know, interview with talking about your background and resume because uh, it's exceptional. But yeah, we don't want to talk about we, me. <laughs> so tell us about the Booker T. Washington project that you're involved in sure. at the Texas Public Policy Foundation, where you're now a senior fellow. Well, you know, when I sat down and talked to uh, Brooke Rollins and Kevin Roberts, and we started, you know, discussing things like anti-poverty program, I said, look, the greatest anti-poverty program was what Booker T. Washington did. You know, a young man that was born into slavery ended up being one of the great educators and orators that this country has ever seen. And when he was put in charge of uh, starting a school in Alabama, Tuskegee, uh, Alabama, for recently uh, freed slaves, I mean, that was a monumental task. And I can't think of any better you know, model for a quote-unquote anti-poverty program than what he did, because he saw education as something that had to be relevant when he started Tuskegee Normal and Industrial Institute, and he wanted it to lead to entrepreneurship and self-reliance. 
And so when I look at the policies that are emanating out of Texas Public Policy Foundation, which is a fantastic organization, the largest uh, public policy foundation outside of Washington, D.C., right there in the great state of Texas, you know, they're talking about economic growth and opportunity. They're talking about school choice and better education. They're talking about welfare reform. They're talking about reduction of regulation. And those are all the things that tie back to what Booker T. Washington was doing with the students at Tuskegee because uh, those students built that uh, that school. So they learned carpentry. They learned how to make bricks. They, they grew their own food. I mean, every single aspect. So it was not just about the... Uh, the academic learning that they were getting. It was all about practical learning and uh, developing critical thinking skills and productive skills. And I think that's something revolutionary we need to have, uh, not just in the state of Texas, but all across the United States of America, because education now is just basically teaching a kid how to take a test. And uh, we're not preparing them to go out and really be functioning and contributing members of our society. Well, you know, Brooke Rollins is a good friend of ours. I know that the president has welcomed her or has um, reached out to her as far as bringing her on as far as his administration, a very important role, great work that they're doing at the Texas Public Policy Foundation. I think you bring something unique to the table in this particular initiative through the Texas Public Policy Foundation. You know, Colonel West, tell our listeners a little bit more about your background and where you grew up and and how this issue personally connects with you. Well, you know, I, I had a, a fantastic, uh, you know, home life growing up in the inner city of Atlanta, Georgia. And uh, my neighborhood was the exact same neighborhood that gave us Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, it's the old Fourth Ward. So uh, my parents, when you talk about school choice, they did not send me to the public elementary school. They chose to send me to a small black Catholic school that was right across the street from Ebenezer Baptist Church. So what an incredible impact. But my dad was uh, originally born over in Ozark, Alabama, and he spent a couple of years at Tuskegee. I have a cousin that went to Tuskegee. I have my older brother was born at the hospital there in Tuskegee, and my uh, godfather was a Tuskegee Airman by the name of William Sticky Jackson. So, you know, the, the the history and the and the work of Booker T. Washington was something that, you know, you learn very early on and getting the opportunity to go to Tuskegee and, and walk on that campus and study his history because history was an important thing that was taught in our family. So that's why I wanted to bring this, uh, this role model, this uh, model of how we can truly uh, raise the tide that lifts all boats back into prominence here in the state of Texas and then, of course, all across the United States of America. Well, you know, Um, Colonel West, I did not grow up in the neighborhood like you're describing, like you did in inner city Atlanta. I grew up in southeast part of Houston. But, you know, it it felt it felt some similarities when you were describing it. You know, I was at a lunch that TPPF put on at the end of their policy conference a couple of months ago. And it really struck me. You know, I, I really, it was the first time I had heard you speak in person. I've seen your speeches and, of course, been aware of you. I'd seen you on Fox News and so on. But the first time I had the, the pleasure of being in the audience for one of your live speeches. And, you know, I think there are a lot of other people in our country, in our state, that that will resonate with as well. You know, when there's something special, exceptional, however you want to describe it, about people in Texas, too, that come from different places, but have something in common. And a lot of it 
is really this work ethic, also this belief to you know really do a little bit better than maybe our parents or to see opportunities that exist. And education is such a gateway for that. You know, and it's something I was able to recognize too as a young person as well. And 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 really try to create a lot of opportunities, but be willing to see the opportunities that exist. You know, being the first in my family to go to law school, my sisters and I were the first to graduate from college, from our um, individual family, our immediate family. And so it has been tremendous and, and, and it can make such a difference. And so, and I think at all, you know, I recognize, and I'm sure you're able to do this when you talk to people to let them know wherever you come from, those opportunities are there, but you also have to put the work in and if there's a structure in place, a policy, or at least the freedom in our country for people to go find where that best opportunity exists, I think that's a very big key to success as well. No, you're absolutely right. Education is the great equalizer, and it unlocks all the doors to the opportunities that you want, enabling you to pursue your happiness instead of people trying to guarantee your happiness. And, uh, you know, your, your organization, Texas Values, uh, this is all about principles and values that are common to everyone. I think that everyone wants to be able to find a level of success. I think everyone wants to be a victor in their life, but if they only have the message of being a victim, uh, sometimes that's what they uh, they cater towards or they lean towards. So I, I really believe that when you're talking about principles and values, when you talk about those common denominators that we all have, faith, family, uh, freedom, individual responsibility, education, service to the nation. I believe that you can connect across a broad, you know, swath of people instead of going out and being operating in the very partisan political party realm. So I think that's the important thing with the Booker T. Washington Institute is to connect people in that manner uh, because no one can refute the success that he had and no one can refute his basic principles of education, entrepreneurship, and self-reliance. Now, those are very key principles, you know, and, and I remember in your speech, you touched on those those three magic words that I always hear, faith, family, and freedom, or at least that when I hear, you know, get my attention. And, you know, you are, you, you have a, a great public platform. You've got a Twitter account. You're, you know, you're on Fox News. I mean, you're very active and, you know, it, it's great to see someone with your experience, with your background in education and military service, serving in elective office be able to speak so freely and so succinctly on important issues. You know, I know the past couple of weeks we've seen a lot of issues talk about, you know, the NRAs come under attack. We've seen this U.S. Supreme Court case come up on the issue of the government trying to force pro-life pregnancy centers to carry a government message and really cater towards Planned Parenthood. And so I really appreciate how active you are in talking about things, because when people see that, they're like, you know what, I I agree with that. Great. And they get inspired because they see someone at your level who has the courage to say things that are just common sense. Tell us about, you You had some reflections on some of this, and, and you know, we see some of these boycotts, and you kind of ask, you know, the question to me, or we were discussing this off the air, you know, when do you see people boycotting Planned Parenthood and things of that nature? Yeah. I mean, t- tell us a little bit about your feelings on some of those issues. Well, I find it very interesting that, you know, all of this rhetoric out there that, about, you know, the National Rifle Association and full disclosure, you know, number one, I'm a Patriot Life member. Number two, I'm a board member of the National Rifle Association. And Stoneman Douglas High School, Parkland, Parkland, Florida, was in the congressional district that I represented in 2011, 2013, so very familiar with the area. 
But the National Rifle Association is the nation's oldest civil rights organization. It was founded in 1871. And back when the Democrat Party created the Ku Klux Klan, very interesting. It was the National Rifle Association that was, uh, you know, working with, you know, recently free blacks to enable them to have their Second Amendment rights so that they could protect themselves from the Ku Klux Klan. And then furthermore, in, uh, you know, in the early 2000s, it was uh, a black man by the name of Otis McDonald that the NRA helped to uh, bring a case against the uh, city of Chicago because of their gun ban. Because Otis McDonald lived in a very bad neighborhood, and he just wanted to be able to protect himself in his own home. And so the NRA worked with him and, you know, was enable, able of him to, to enjoy Second Amendment rights. So when I hear people saying that the NRA is a terrorist organization or, you know, blood on their hands, I, that's just ignorant. But yet when you have an organization like Planned Parenthood that was founded by a known white supremacist, a racist, a person that spoke at Klan rallies who referred to blacks as undesirables and weeds. Her name is Margaret Sanger. And some 50 to 55 percent of Planned Parenthood clinics are located in inner city black neighborhoods. You know, since 1973, 19 million black babies have been murdered in the womb. Uh, But yet no one talks about you know, a march for those lies. No one talks about, you know, how uh, Planned Parenthood should be boycotted. As a matter of fact, you look at the uh, the budget that was just signed last week. $568.7 million are going to go to Planned Parenthood, a not-for-profit organization that was founded by a white supremacists. So these are the type of things that, you know, I try to illuminate people on and challenge the normal orthodoxy of the day because it just doesn't make any sense. No, you make a good point. And, you know, I mentioned earlier the neighborhood I grew up in, it's really close and, and kind of borders some other town, um, kind of suburbs or little small little cities that still kind of have not been annexed by the city of Houston, where the largest Planned Parenthood building exists in the state of Texas and one of the oh, yeah, largest yeah, in the world. It should be shut down. I, every time I see that, and I'm down in Houston. I always talk about it. It should be shut down because of what it, what it represents. But again, you had you know Cecile Richards, who is the daughter of the former governor of Texas, Ann Richards. Cecile Richards, the the president of Planned Parenthood, was invited on stage at the Academy Awards. Well, if Cecile Richards, who can be on stage at the Academy Awards, responsible for hundreds of deaths of unborn children every single day, then why isn't the president of the National Rifle Association invited on the stage? Uh, the Academy Awards. So is that duplicitous hypocrisy that drives me crazy when I hear, you, you know, like I said, the March for Our Lives? Every January, there's the March for Life, but we don't see the media covering those young people that are up there standing up for our first inalienable right that's endowed to us from our creator, which is life. Well, you make a good point because, you know, it's almost every year you see there amongst pro-lifers, you know, this effort. Hopefully the media will cover it or they'll, you know, there'll be some mention and, you know, and that is a dis- I mean, th- these marches have been going on for 30 years, you know, and, and, yeah. and that question is still being asked. And so when you put it into proportion, if you will, if you compare the two like you're doing and talk about how many lives are snuffed out every day, thousands of abortions are committed every day, a high percentage of those on um, unborn children of color or ethnic background. And so you know, and these are important questions to be asked yeah. and important to people points to be made and I'm so glad that you're able to do it because you have you've got a platform you've got a background and it brings a lot of authentic excuse me authentic value to the issue well I appreciate that and and if I could correct you uh, on one thing that, that I wish you would do for me as you yep. go forward 
Uh, coming out of the military, you abort a mission. Uh, you, you, you kill or you murder uh, a life. And I think that we need to start using that type of language uh, to make people uncomfortable and, and what is happening. Because, you know, recently I read an article from a, a, a doctor that performs these procedures that said uh, they are able to sever the vocal cords of babies so that they can't scream as they're being, you know, uh, you know, dismembered within the mother's womb. You know, what kind of humanity are we if we allow that to happen? So, you know, what happened at Parkland, Florida, at Stoneman Douglas High School, it was was tragic. It could have been solved if the FBI and the Broward County Sheriff's Office had done their job. But think about what is happening every single day in the United States of America, like you say, hundreds and thousands of times. Hey, I'm probably I'm probably got about two or three more minutes because I, I got to get back on the road. You got it. Look, I'm going to give the URL for for Texas Public Policy Foundation www.texaspolicy.com. You can find Alan West on Twitter at Alan West. I'm sure y'all know the spelling of it, but just in case, A L L E N West at Alan West is his Twitter. Um, and there's a big picture on here, home of the old school Patriots. Who are the old That's school me. Patriots? Well, the old school Patriots is not uh, Tom Brady and those guys. It's, you know, Samuel Adams, John Adams, you know, Benjamin Franklin, uh, John Hancock, all of those people that stood, you know, at Lexington Green and Concord Bridge and on Bunker Hill so that we can have the great freedoms that we enjoy. To include those Patriots, you know, from, uh, from Texas, you know, those Tennessee volunteers and those Texans that stood at the Alamo and fought in 1836 that so we could have our independence. Well, let me be one of the first or the loudest to say – Welcome to Texas, Lieutenant Colonel Allen West. Have a wonderful Easter, and we will look forward to seeing you and hopefully having you back on the Texas Values Report another time. Thanks so much, Jonathan. All the best to you, and happy Easter. All right. God bless you, sir. Well, that was fun. Hey, you know, when someone like Lieutenant Colonel Allen West takes time to, you know, look, he's obviously traveling and, you know, navigating family, as many of us are this this time of the year, this week. It's very special. His voice is very important. Did you hear that where he talked about that the report recently that unborn children are having their vocal cords severed as a part of the abortion so that the unborn child will not scream? This was reported that an abortion worker said they cut the vocal cords of the unborn child so there's not a scream. I mean, I just, you know, look, I I have, many of us have been involved in pro-life work for a long time. And I was involved in the 40 Days for Life effort too during this time period, 40 days leading up to Easter. And, you know, I was there with my children in front of this abortion clinic, Whole Woman's Health, in North Houston, excuse me, in North Austin with my children. And, you know, they were seeing people drive up. Young girls, young ladies, usually a man with them. And, you know, we were having this conversation. My kids are like, oh, they're going in. I said, yeah, they're going in there to have an abortion. I mean, and, you know, it's important to be there and pray. but But when you're there, you're confronted with it you know, in such a direct way. And, and so I just, you know, when you hear some of these reports and, and of people being so, you know, just so callous and deliberate, I mean, it does still surprise me. I mean, I, I had to just be honest. I mean, I tend to want to think, 
good of people. And, you know, that includes people that I may not know that are involved in the abortion industry. You know, you you hope maybe at the least there's some evidence of humanity involved in that effort, if there could be. And so, so it, you know, it doesn't totally surprise me, but at the same time, you know, it just breaks my heart a little bit more that that's kind of what the attitude is of some of these abortion workers. And I mean, I guess we shouldn't be surprised or maybe you shouldn't be surprised if they're involved in that effort at all, that, that they're so detached. But, you know, look, I, I know there's some people maybe that have been involved in this and maybe it just wasn't really as clear to them before for whatever reason. I don't want them to feel condemned that they could never turn their back on it and be delivered. You know, we know people like Abby Johnson and others that have come out of the abortion movement that were working in one of these centers and Planned Parenthood clinics and have left. We know it's possible and we know how incredible that can be. Look, I'm about to run out of time. Uh, just, I, I mean, I'm excited to have somebody like Lieutenant Colonel Allen West in Texas. I think that means we're going to hear his voice more. You know, he's got such a great background on the military side, the media training, the education side, the, you know, all the awards that he's received in the military. He's got credibility. You cannot ignore his voice. And that is something that has tremendous value, even in Texas. We do have a lot of voices in Texas and and so on. But there's something new and fresh about him coming into our state that's exciting and encouraging Remember the points I said about Good Friday, the legal options and and protections you have there, and just be aware where you're going to hear start talking a little bit more about the the uh, runoff elections coming up soon. Some major public policy issues. Look, there's a lot of debate going on on a lot of issues right now. While we all have our opinions, it's also an opportunity to listen, to hear what's being said, take some of that in. And let's continue to have these discussions. I'm not afraid to have these discussions, even if we disagree. I think that there's net benefit from that. Some people would rather some issues not be talked about as much. Hey, I'm for more freedom and more free speech and more interaction. That's what you can get on the Texas Values Report. We'll talk to you next week where you can hear about faith, family, and freedom in Texas.